Galair, and welcome to the Loaf of Bread GA podcast, slicing into the GA of the past, present, and future. Join me, Jason Keelan, as we cut into the largest loaf of bread known to mankind. Hello, Diagwitch, Bonjour, Nihao, Konnichiwa, Guten Tag, and Privyat to you all, wherever you're listening in. What started as a message to 10 clubs has now expanded to more than 50 clubs globally from all continents. The journey through Loaf 2 GA Global continues this week as we move on to our next destination in the GA world. So come with me on the GA journey of a lifetime and meet clubs from Canada to Argentina, South Africa to Gibraltar, Bermuda to the North Pole, New Zealand to Kuwait, Knoxville to Qatar and literally everywhere in between. So grab the passports, grab the bags, it's time to go. On Slice 32, I fly from the state of Tennessee in the US to the Southeast Asian wonder that is Thailand. And of course, who else would I meet but two former county players for Offaly and Westmeath. Niall and David, or Dude as is better known, bring me through the crack in Thailand GA and beyond. We chat making CVs in internet cafes, teaching in Temple Oak, the conversation between the two lads before Dude came to Thailand, Offaly GA growing and the parody account on Twitter, dual coding in tournaments in the heat, foreigners from Leitrim, hosting the Asian Games and the impact of South Africa Gales, fielding an all-Thai team, back-to-back Asian Games success, Boydou Saia's first game at Rosemount, doubling up tournaments in Malaysia with stag parties, the importance of John Campbell to Thailand GEA, dude and the infamous jaw-breaking incident against Armagh, the pub name Father Ted, and the key questions like, what is the Thailand GEA iconic karaoke song, a good temple or a good mass, and the giant Buddha statue, or the great Alan Buddha Mangan for Westmeath. And will we ever see a Phuket GA team in the future? But first as usual, let's check out the well-known city of Bangkok, and the nation of Thailand. Bon Sultos. The Kingdom of Thailand is located in the southeast region of Asia, and is a neighbour of some of my favourite places in the world, Laos, Cambodia, Myanmar and Malaysia. The country has historically been known by many as Siam, by people outside of Thailand. On the 24th of June 1939, the name Thailand was adopted on an official basis. It would become Siam for a brief period after World War II, but Thailand is what it is. Historical Thailand is home to the original sources of copper and bronze in Asia, The country has been part of several different rulings and empires, most famously perhaps the Khmer Empire in the early 9th century. Local lad, Pho Khun Bang Klang Hao, brought a gang to fight the Khmer and made himself the leader, technically making him the first leader of the Thai people. He is one of the Bang Klang Hao family who hurled for Ballyhill, they're a different crowd. For many centuries the country has been fighting with neighbours, most of whom started the rows with them. The country also started to make deals with western nations to avoid invasions and war, and to try and prosper themselves. Although many, including the Bowring Treaty, were very lopsided, they did bring about trading between the West and Thailand, and helped them grow while others around them stuttered. The Siamese rulers even joined the Allies in World War I, mostly out of fear that they would be punished if they stayed neutral. The pre-World War II government decided they wanted to become more westernised, anti-Chinese and anti-French, In the end, they were invaded by Japan during the war and made a deal with them where Japan would help Thailand regain lost lands. So what did Thailand do? They declared war on the USA and the UK. A solid idea by all accounts. What could possibly go wrong? 
After the war, Thailand made peace with the Allies. Actually, most of the Allies took so little notice of them, they didn't even know Thailand had declared a war on them. Since then, it's been mostly a mix of economic growth and decline, under various different government rulings. One of those leaders in the early 2000s is perhaps recognised by some sporting fans. Thaksin Shinawatra took over Man City in 2007 and appointed Sven Goran Eriksson as manager. But the stint was brief and after a year, Frank, as he was known by the fans, sold the club to the Abu Dhabi group. Sven Goran Eriksson later said of Shinawatra, and I quote, He hadn't a clue about football. In the end, he and his wife were wanted in Thailand for everything from spying to soft loans to illegal purchasing and fraud, right down to the inciting of rebellions. A nice fella by all accounts. In modern times, Thailand has tried to join in the activities of the bigger nations of the political world. They now send peacekeeping forces abroad and even joined in with the US on the Iraq invasion. Incredibly, Thailand also excels in the modern world of science and tech. For a country which is more than 50% rural and not considered among the wealthier nations, it produces some major works of note. The first major vaccine against dengue fever was produced in Thailand, the first treatment for HIV for poor nations was produced in the Thai labs, while the growing area of medical robotics sees the Thai research labs as being central. In fact, many of the robots we see used in Japan are designed and produced in Thailand. One other to note is the speed of broadband. Thailand's is the fastest in the world. Not the USA, Canada, Japan, Korea or any of the others. It is in fact Thailand with the fastest fixed broadband in the world. Tourism is of course the major aspect of Thai economy. The capital Bangkok offers everything any tourist could imagine. The reclining Buddha is perhaps the best known in the city. The 46 metre long lying statue of gold is a ridiculous sight to stand beside. Of course you can also get a Thai massage nearby too because where else would you get it? The Grand Palace is also quite a spectacular sight, as is the amazing Watarungol Temple. Or if mental shopping is your thing, the Chattakuk Market is quite a unique experience where haggling is something on a different level. Of course, without mentioning too much, the famous Bangkok nightlife and opportunities are pretty well known worldwide. Up north many would be familiar with the amazing areas like Chiang Mai and Chiang Rai which offer a different beautiful view of the jungle aspects of the country and also locations for the shooting of the famous Rambo film. Then you also have the likes of the eastern city of Pattaya which is home of resorts, hotels and partying. Something of an attraction in itself is food. Thai food is up there with the greatest in the world. Street food is common and usually very decent. Durian is a fruit which you see regularly on the streets or on signs saying do not bring it with you mostly because it smells like shite. Standard Thai dishes actually take the Chinese influence of old, the Buddhist monk's Indian touch, the southern Muslim states, Portuguese explorer taste and a little bit of Japanese to make their own unique incredible tastes. Every region has their own unique ideas, whether it's the Kang Hang Lee pork curry of the north, the Pad Thai dishes of the centre or the Massamam of the South, the variety is just incredible. A little tip if you ever eat with Thai people, a small spoon of rice on its own before the meal is good manners, as is leaving a little on your plate to show the generosity of the hosts who have fed you. Of course you can't mention Thailand and not mention the islands. Koh Samui, Koh Penan, Koh Tao, Koh Phi Phi, all names which are famous and synonymous with Thailand and the beach life. The famous full moon parties began in 1985 and run monthly ever since with huge crowds. 
If it's for you, then go for it. Sadly, extreme tourism has major downsides such as the closure of the iconic Maya Bay in recent years on Copipi. This beach was home to one of the great scenes with Leonardo DiCaprio in the 2000 film The Beach. In sporting terms, the traditional Thai sports are very popular among not just the locals but worldwide. Thai boxing and incredibly kite fighting are very popular. Badminton, soccer, boxing, snooker, tennis, bowling and golf are widely played. The likes of modern-day golfers Kiridek Afanbarnrat, Tongshai Jae, and up-and-coming jazz Janawatanand are the big names, while on the female side, Araya Jatungaran is a multiple major winner. And then there is Thailand GEA. Founded in 2007 by Derry native John Campbell, the club has come from a very modest beginning to now regularly fielding at least two men's and women's teams in tournaments, as well as a hurling team. They say themselves they've been punching above their weight to compete with the biggest and best of Asia in recent years, competing at senior football and men's and women's and senior hurling at the most recent Asian Gaelic Games in Kuala Lumpur. They're a very proud multinational club, with players hailing from places such as Thailand, the USA, Australia, Canada, the UK, Italy, Spain and even Lebanon and Japan to mention a few. The club's emergence as a force in the Asian football began with the girls winning the Asian Gaelic Games Junior in 2012 and 13. That same team had only two Irish girls and then ended up being runners-up in the intermediate in 2014. They then secured the club's first senior trophy when they won the South Asian Games Cup in Bangkok in 2015. In the same year, the men's team won their first trophy with the South Asian Games plate. 2016 saw the men make their first senior final appearance at the South Asian Games in Bangkok, sadly losing out to Singapore. But on and off the field, the club continues to be one of the favourite teams in Asia. Whether it's the annual 12 pubs or the good social scene out in Bangkok, or whether it's on the pitch in the hosting of the likes of the Thailand Invitational. And so let's meet the two men who are going to bring us through the life of the Thailand GAA player, former Offaly player and Duro GAA man Niall Garrity, and former Westmead star and Rosemont GAA man David Dude McCormack. Niall, how are things? Hey Jason, how are things? Not too bad, how are we getting on? Very good. Let me just see, can I connect my headphones here first for a second? No, no bother. There's, there's a man wearing the wrong jersey anyway down the bottom here. That's not Westmead jersey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to How are you getting on? I'm all right. But, uh, where's the Westmead jersey? You have the wrong one on you. It's in the wash. <laughs> <laughs> and the rose, what one? Uh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that's all right, Jess. Yeah. Uh, now you have the wrong one on as well, although you can be forgiven for not putting on a Doro jersey in fairness. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what I'll get to wear in the future. <laughs> uh, Number 35 on the back but... Oh sure, at least it's a no- at least a number anyway. So what's the crack out in Thailand? How are you getting on? Oh good. Yeah. And what uh what brought you out, Nile, to Thailand in the first place? Uh a friend of mine well I went travelling for a year and uh I was kind of still on the road and I was in Central and South America travelling all around there for That's around nine good. months. And a friend of mine who uh, a friend of mine who I know from Dublin, he's a teacher as well, and he had moved out to, to Thailand. And he was just always on to me, you know, come and give it a year. Uh, there's jobs going in international school. So I got into the same school. as I didn't really think about it for a long time. He was kind of annoying me for a long time. Did you do your CV? Did you do this? And I hadn't done a CV in six years because I taught in the same school in Dublin. Or five years, I taught in the same school in Dublin for six years before that. 
Mm. So I eventually got one together in an internet cafe. And then before I knew it, the week after, I was being interviewed for a job. And I was like, I don't know if I even want this job now. And you have to sign a two-year contract. I was yeah. like, dude, this is a big, this is a big kind of a commitment now. But uh, he said, come out and give it a year. If you don't like it, you leave. So here I am five years later. I didn't think internet cafe still existed, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, they still do. When you don't have a computer, I went traveling, you know, I don't. Yeah, I, I did my Skype interview on a, a broken broken screen iPhone in a, a hostel in, <laughs> in Nicaragua. <laughs> Your man in the hostel said, I'll, I'll leave the door. He goes, I'll make sure no one comes into that room while you're doing the interview. So I hadn't even a shirt. I had a polo shirt that I could wear. And then suddenly I was being offered a job and I was, you know, getting ready to do the Inca Trail and going, hold on, you have a job being offered here in an international school. I didn't even really, you know, when I got into teaching, I never considered it as something that you do to do around the world yeah you know that world didn't really occur to me at the time but then you know a friend got on to me and you know yeah it would have never crossed my mind that's something I knew I always kind of wanted to travel and never not not that I never did but all my friends were teachers and would make the most of holidays but I suppose when you're playing GA your summer is you know you're you're kind of tied down if you want to commit to your club so Mm. I I said I'd save money and and do a year and kind of get all the traveling done but yeah I did that, and then I, I went off again. Where, where were you teaching in Dublin? In Temple Oak, a school oh, called yeah. Bishop Galvin. It'd be um, St. Jude's would be the local club there, and they're, yeah. they're well involved in the GA. That's primary, isn't it? Primary, yeah. So I was primary yeah, teacher myself, there. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, but like I said, never thought of primary teacher would be something that would <laughs> take me around the world, but... It's funny, one of the lads, uh, one of the lads here in Mulligar actually was teaching in Thailand, Um as well, he was teaching in oh, Pattaya or Patti or whatever it's called. Patti, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it? He's a Downs <laughs> man, because uh, I both of us very unsuccessfully played for the Downs uh, years ago. Uh, but we, he he was actually right. not too bad. I just I was there for the crack more than else. So uh, <laughs> yeah, though he he ended up in he well he was in he was in Dublin. He was on Movie Road, and then uh, he went to Cairo, and then the like the nice. Arab Spring wow. Rising started. So he had to leave, and then he ended up in Pattaya, and then he left there. Now he's in Moscow. He's actually part of the the new Seamus Heaney's wow. GA club out there. So it's a. Wow. Uh, yeah, so you That's might a fair be, journey. You mightn't be in Thailand for too long. I could see you setting up a, a no. GA club now somewhere else around the world. So that's uh, a <laughs> gas, yes. And uh, David, what brought uh, what brought you out? I was trying to make sure I had my in my head. I was going to Westmead. It's about 2015, 2016, and then I was uh, someone said to me it's 2014, 2015. Would that be right? Westmead time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was the last year I played. Um, yeah. The year we got to the Leinster, I left after the league. So. Right. Yeah, the year before would have been for my last full year with them. But uh, me, me and my girlfriend decided I, I did a year teaching in Moat and we decided we'd go traveling Asia, but we, we weren't really sure where we would we would end up. We kind of yeah. had a route planned and Thailand was on the way. Maybe stopped two or three, but I had considered Vietnam. Uh, was probably where we were going to end up because we had a few friends there. But yeah, um, I just contacted Niall out of pure chance just to see what what Bangkok was like, and I sent him a message on Instagram, and he read it. He was out blind one night, and he read it and forgot about it. <laughs> uh, my cousin Angus Clark was out traveling with Joy oh, Boy, yeah. and 
and they bumped into Nile in Bangkok and Inga said to him, like, I think David is thinking of coming out this part of the world. He said, I, I'm not sure if it's Bangkok. He hasn't his mind really met up and Nile went, oh, Jesus, I never replied this lad. So he got the background details. He's on about a CV. He searched mine top and thin and then he, he replied and said, look, don't go any further than Bangkok. So me and Caitlin literally, we were going to book our flights the following morning to uh, Hanoi and travel there for a while and then in the space of about two hours we were going to Bangkok so we had a going away party the following weekend and everyone was saying good luck in Vietnam and we yeah. were saying we're actually going to Bangkok now so uh, I was only supposed to be here for a while and then just in my second year here too yeah and you teaching as well so, right? I'm actually in the same school as Niall but I'm I'm secondary qualified I'm English and Geography so okay uh, yeah so I did my Masters in, in NUIG in Galway but like you can teach if you have a master's, you're you're allowed teaching a primary school here, so it's, okay. it's nice. It's a nice break from the abuse you get off seventeen <laughs> and eighteen year olds. So you can still get plenty of abuse off ten, eleven, or twelve year olds. <laughs> you do all right. Yeah. And uh, where were you teaching in Ireland before you came out? Uh, moat, moat. So I did my uh, oh, yeah. training in Kilbegan. Um, I did oh, yeah. a year moat. Um, so yeah, I had had planned on taking a year out and coming back and kind of taking up a position there, but. Yeah, one thing led to another, and yeah, yeah. The last Kilbegan so. Shamrocks person that came on this podcast left a fair impression, right? Uh, Maraid, Mc, Maraid McCormick left some, some impression <laughs> on, on, on the humans of the world after, after she went off this. So <laughs> I'd be uh, expecting something similar now from any, anyone who goes through Kilbegan <laughs> comes out with some strange sort of uh, stories at the end of it. So I'll have to, uh, I'll have to quiz you on a few. It's funny, actually, I know you're Rosa, man. I said to my brother, because your brother's Roger Bridge. Um, he, yeah. he he probably doesn't like either of you to be honest, because obviously he hates Rosemont, obviously. And then <laughs> I was I was saying to Niles, I was saying to Niles, well, uh, twenty seventeen when my brother kicked the kicked the winning score against Shandona to win the intermediate year. Um, yeah, even if even if he wasn't on the team, it was still one of the best games I was ever at. But then they met Duro in the knockouts, and of course, me and a few of the lads went yeah. down to Duro for the crack. And my brother, like I said it to Niall, he he tore them apart, like. I still said, yeah. I texted him this morning and I was like, what do you remember the Doro game? He just goes, I was class. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, yeah. Uh, yeah, so neither neither Doro or Rosewood will, uh, will, be, will be friends with brother after this anyway, for sure. So, no, no. you said you, you played at Anton as well. Anton, uh, and myself have kept in touch a bit. Yeah. Uh, great, great game yesterday as well yeah, for us yeah, in the... And I don't know, like the, he was whipped off after 50 minutes and he was flying, he kicked three points and he was covering every blade of grass. But yeah, a great character. Um, Anton would be the same age as my brother, so they would have played minor together. But then I played a year of under 21 with Anton and then uh, right. two years we played together with Offaly Seniors. So yeah, he's a great, you know, for, when I was in with Offaly, he, he's, you know, a couple of years younger, but he still would have been a, a considerable leader within the team just with... Mm. You know, he, he's a great character and he's just yeah. always in good form and great energy. And, you know, he's just always, there's always a bit of crack with Anton. But when it comes to football, he's a serious football man and he trains harder than anyone. He looks after himself. He, and he's just a nightmare. Like when he's on his day for football, he's a nightmare to mark because, you know, he's, <laughs> he, he'll cover every blade of grass, but he'll kick a score and he'll be, you know, he'll be chatting a bit and he'll be getting, he'll be winding the other lad up. And, you know, he's, he's just, a, he's one of those lads that you hate to play against, but you love to have him on your team. Yeah, I suppose it's that defence forces background that he has with himself and the brothers. Well, that probably, uh, probably makes him the leader as well. He'd yeah. Probably, probably uh, kill you and as well. 
Yeah, he's you know Anton is not, you know, he'll, he'll take on most lads. You know, he's not shy, and he, he's like I said, he's a brilliant player to have in your team, and one of those lads that really gets into the opposition and really pushes mm. pushes things, which is why you know Road have been so successful. There's so yeah. many players like that, and and you know they they push on awfully, and it's good to see awfully kind of closing out games better than they have been, you know, listed a podcast you had with Anton and they talked mm. about like how they were so close last year and the yeah. year before and, you know, against me then against mm. Kildare, games that really they, they should have won probably but didn't. And, you know, it's good to see them winning those games now rather than kind of looking at them after and saying, you know, we had this opportunity, we let it slip. It's good to see them closing out those games now and mm. Division 3 semi-final on the cards and they're in with a good shout so you'd like to see them progress it'd be huge for Offaly to be playing Division 2 football and, and just you know there's a huge amount of young lads on that team as well there's obviously mm. a few like, a few lads who are older and have been there along the harder times and, you know Niall McNamee came in and kicked a few great scores yesterday yeah. as well to have freak how that man is still going <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. and how I mean you have some nightmare to be a defender now and you're after putting in 60 minutes of hard slog and then Niall comes <laughs> in on yeah. the ball I feel like Imagine playing in, in Croke Park. Well. Imagine yeah. playing in Croke Park for fifty minutes and chasing some lad, and next thing Kevin McManaman yeah. comes in. You know, and these these must be nightmare situations. They always say it about rugby players. They always bring in props, and this lads come in yeah. and they just clean up for twenty minutes. It's such an important part of the game now to have subs that can come in and, and finish out the game because you know when people are tired, that's when mistakes start to be made. And to have good players, you need it. You know. I know it's kind of a cliche, people say it, but you like it's so true that you need a panel to win any championship, whether it's yeah. club or county, whatever it is. If you don't have lads who can come in and you know your subs need to improve what's there, they don't just need to keep things going, they need to make it better. So, yeah, yeah. You, you can see that happening at the minute with Offaly. They're trailing out a lot of lads, giving a lot of young lads runs. Um, yeah, you'd like to, you know, you'd hope that it transfers into championship now, or you hope that they finish the job and, and, you know, if they win the semi-final, whatever happens in the final, you're promoted to Division Two anyway. But if they can push that on into the championship, it'll be massive. Yeah, hopefully by the time this airs as well, it'll be a, uh, be looking at an awfully enough successful awfully team, definitely of the modern day. I know the awfully Twitter page whoever's running at the moment the other day put up a thing. Uh, Sorry, we have been tweeting the while we're winning in hurling the football. We're not really used to this. We're not sure what to say. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's the, there's two. There's one. There's one official Offaly G, and then there's one called Offaly County Board, which is some <laughs> lad who just puts up tweets like that. <laughs> a few people have mistaken it for a par- to not be a parody account in the past, but it's yeah. Uh, I hope yeah, it's, it's gas. Some of the stuff that goes on it. No, that that one was the parody one, but ah, okay. it'd be. Yeah, it'd be some crack if they started putting it up on the official too. That would be brilliant. Oh, geez, I'd love that. Yeah. Maybe they should get them to take over. It'd be like Bray Wanderers account where they're <laughs> yeah. putting up that we're, we're announcing we're not in the Europa yeah, League. Yeah, or the, the Super <laughs> League, yeah. The European Super League. Yeah, that was brilliant. Maybe it'll that, uh, yeah. build up the brand, as they say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I believe Shane Lowry on board now as well. You have a good, you have a good way of building up a, a brand at the moment anyway, with yeah. the, the underage anyway, so... He's going yeah. to be a big, a big addition to things. So, what about uh, on the Thailand side of things? I, I'm going to after Ferti is dude because uh, everyone, <laughs> everyone in this county and surrounding <coughs> counties only knows that name. They're like Dave McCormick. I know that lad. So, what's the, what's the crack in uh, in Thailand then, uh, dude? With the with the numbers and membership, what's it like for you out there? Uh, yeah, well, we have good numbers. Probably a lot smaller in comparison to other Asian um, clubs like Singapore have. 
God, they bring three and four teams to a competition, you know, yeah. and like we we would just have enough for for two, I'd say. Yeah. Um but yeah, hold our own. Like the standard's a lot higher than I thought it was gonna be when I came out. Um I was only out here not long and then we played the Asian Gaelic games and it's a rude awakening now because we hurling and football in the one day, I think we have something yeah. like eleven games nine on the Saturday and then qualified for semi-final in the hurling on the Sunday and then the knockout stages on the Sunday for the football as well and like remember waking up in agony at like two or three o'clock in the morning just so sore after the day I was thinking why did I come over here <laughs> like I was just I was thinking how am I going to get out of bed and never mind play like four more games tomorrow <clears throat> but uh you kind of get used to it. the heat is cruel too I have to say yeah like, I do remember that it's out rough. There, yeah yeah, trying to catch your breath and like lads hopping off you then, and it's just it's it's hard going. But um, the club is great. Like we, so regards Irish people, there is a strong contingent of Irish people, but we have a lot of other nationalities too. Like we have Canadians, we have Americans, um, there's other people from sort of Europe and Leitrim people and stuff. You know, a lot of foreign <laughs> people playing. But, um, we, I, I teach with a Leitrim footballers. Yeah. I'll, I'll mention that. <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, it's great. Like the club is absolutely fantastic, and you know, there's a great social aspect to it too, which is very Irish to it. But uh, no, it's, it's mighty. It's great out here, and like I didn't think I'd bump into an awfully lad out here, let alone anyone else that'd be Irish. But no, it's 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 absolutely fantastic. It's great to be involved in, and I don't think people at home realize like just what Gaelic means to people when you do get across the border yeah. and or when you leave. But um. Like speaking to our Canadian friends who we work with and they play with, it's like when you speak to those and they realise how welcome we are as like a nation and letting them play Gaelic and they just think it's the best sport in the world. I think it's more so because of the social side of things. I think it's great because we have yeah. an out on every Friday, Saturday night. But <laughs> they, they, they really do enjoy the football side of things. Yeah. Um, but no, like it's, it's fantastic. It has been mighty the last two years and I probably wouldn't be here still if it wasn't for the Gaelic, to be honest. But um yeah, it's just, it's outrageous, it's great. Yeah, I've got that from a lot of teams, all right, because, like, part of the reason setting this up was, like, no more than yourselves to travel, like, getting to go to, you know, in my life, yeah. being a teacher, I suppose, getting to go to, like, nearly 100 countries, seeing the GA yeah. stuff that goes on, and that was kind of part of the reason that, like, the work that goes on in your clubs is as, is as good as any club or county here, but yet gets zero recognition, really, other than, like, funding from the GA, maybe. So that was kind of part of the, yeah. part of the reason for it. You haven't uncovered a, the next... John Heslin or Niall McNamee out in Bangkok, have you? No, no. Uh, <laughs> Joe Dolan of a Friday night or a Saturday night in the pub, all right, but I don't know about football. Or... <laughs> I'd say the statue, the statue uh, in the Market Square or an actual man who could be <laughs> I tell you, they'd run riot if they get out here, but no. Uh, but the standard is is very high, yeah. I have to say. Like, when you come competition time, um, you know, there'd be great individual players and stuff, but, like, a team that's really tactical, like Seoul were fantastic. Like Knives played them a lot more than I have, but yeah, they were just impossible to break down. They're almost like a Donegal, you know. And when you have yeah. our eleven oh, yeah. side, they just open your eyes to like running the sub on or running the mm. sub off. Whereas like myself and Nile would nearly stay home for the entire game, which come the end of it, you wouldn't be able to talk, you know. Whereas yeah. they're just constantly fresh. So I suppose our first Asian games here it was like was an eye opener, but they've. But probably a bigger catchment, an Irish catchment in Seoul yeah. than we would here in, in, in Bangkok. But like, I suppose it's not all about winning then either, but it is nice to win when you're involved. Yeah. It's frustrating being bet and stuff. But 
Um, imagine, yeah. No, the sole yeah, is a big, but, big one, all right. I remember being out there and it was, uh, yeah. There's a few Irish knocking about her, right? I remember see, seeing a few of them. <laughs> you see the odd Gaelic, Gaelic jersey going around Seoul as well, which is a sort of what <laughs> you mad too, isn't it? I know it's uh, it's mentally. I uh, expect it everywhere now, though, really. So uh, you mentioned the yeah. Asian Games. Um, Niall, have you, uh, you've been there a bit longer. I, I had South Africa GA on yesterday, and they were they oh, talked yeah. very highly about Thailand 2016 as as their tour. They said it was Luanda is. From Johannesburg, he's a South African man himself. He talked very highly about it. Now he talked about his other favorite moment, which was playing in the wind in Clare Island. But uh, he said Thailand was was his, was his next favorite. So uh, they're two very different experiences now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we had they were out. Uh, I think we hosted. I think in 2017 and 2018, yeah. the, we hosted the Asian Games. I mean, it's, a, it's a massive operation. South Africa were on that, and they, you know, they made a huge impression, especially. 2018, I think they won the the junior yeah. men's football and they mm. competed really highly in the in the women's as well. But they just brought so much like so much energy and you know to have all native players is yeah. an outrageous achievement. And you know they were all incredible athletes to start with, but to wow. turn them to to footballers, you know, they beat our second team, our men's team in the final, and it was like torrential rain just before that to kind of clear water off the pitch and let it dry for a bit. But uh, they were they were a fair team, you know. They would, I think they did hold their own in in probably well, probably when it comes to the seniors, was the lads have, you know, it's nine aside as well, which you have mm. to remember is a very different game, and it's yeah. it's very tactical as as dude said there. You know, there's a lot about it's a bit like you know when you watch sevens rugby, you have to kind of just hold and hold and hold, and then when the opportunity presents, you break. So, you know, your rotations are very important and they just have athletes that could run all day and, they, they, you know, they bring someone else on and yeah. they're just, they just, you know, our lads were decent footballers, but I suppose our, our junior, our second team, to be a lot of them there for the social element as well, <laughs> the same as any kind of second team in a club. Uh, and there wasn't too many uh, beer bellies on show for the South African lads, so that <laughs> kind of caught up with them in the end. But... Yeah, I mean, that's one of the best things to see about, about Gaelic football in Asia and around the world is to see yeah. non-Irish people playing. I mean, we've, you know, the Asian Games, you have 800 players from all over Asia and the world playing in it. But, you know, I'd say, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but there must be close to half of them are not Irish as well. Yeah. I mean, in our club, we've a huge amount, particularly our, our women's team, you know, yeah, the uh, and we've about close to 80 members this year, which is huge oh. um, between men and, and women. Now, some of them aren't playing members, some of them are social, but yeah. we, you know, we had the guts of 50 people went on a tour there in April, just before this lockdown started. And we just played our own tournament down there uh, or in Kanchanabri, which is just a couple of hours north oh, yeah. of Bangkok. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but to have, especially the girls team, they were all, most of them are new to it. Uh, we had a big kind of, I suppose, fortunate that a lot of the indoor sports in, in Bangkok or with COVID had all stopped. So there was a lot of girls who played netball, which is huge in, in Australia okay. and New Zealand yeah. and the UK. And then some of our girls played netball as well. And then when that stopped, a lot of them were like, come over and, and join the Gaelic for a while. And they've all kind of yeah. stuck with us now. So like, you know, you can see in Australia with the AFL and the women's AFL, they're really targeting athletes more than anything to start mm -hmm. playing 
uh, and and they're all transferable skills. So like a lot of the women's AFL, they pluck a lot for netball and basketball and stuff like that. And you can see really here that if people can play soccer or they can play basketball or they play rugby, you know, you can learn the skills of Gaelic football and get involved, like, uh, and there will be a place for you. You know, we've had players, even in our senior team in the past, we've had an Aussie lad who came from Aussie Rules. He played, he plays on our senior panel. Right. Uh, he'd be captain of the Aussie Rules club here. He's a serious footballer, David Shields. And then we have had a lad from Liverpool starting on our senior team in the past as well, who was just a PE teacher, brilliant athlete, soccer player, now a marathon runner. He's just one of these fellas that could do anything but a yeah. nightmare to mark. <laughs> but knew, like, played to his strengths as well. You know, he wasn't one of these dads who was going on a run up the field or trying to give the long pass. He was just terrorizing forwards, winning yeah. the ball back, handing it off, doing the simple things right. And, you know, it, it, like I said, it's the most valuable thing as someone who is Irish to, to be playing, seeing non-Irish people playing your game and yeah. you know, being involved with coaching them. And we had a fully Thai team in 2017, the first year we hosted the games. We oh. uh, put together a, a fully Thai uh, wow. team. So there was one of the lads here, he worked for a company called DKSH and they were a big distribution company. And a lot of his workers were soccer players. And he decided if he could get them out and kind of, it worked for them if they worked if they come in and do this on the Saturday like for the next couple of hours that you know I would coach them I went out and gave them a few sessions and you know we were on the it, it made the Irish Times website that time as well but it's brilliant to give exposure because there'd be a lot of people who'd be like wouldn't know like yeah. what you were saying they wouldn't know that GA exists in yeah. any of these parts of the world I brought my father out in, in 2018 and it was dude's first tournament as well and just for him to see like he couldn't, you know, sometimes people at home don't understand why you're living in Thailand or why you're yeah, living anywhere yeah. else. And then when you come to something like the Asian Games and there's 800 people and everyone from any other club knows you from playing against them before. Yeah. And there's great, you know, obviously it's savagely competitive, but when it's all over, you you know, you have a drink together and you, you have a bit of crack and you talk to people from all different clubs. And, you know, it was amazing for my father to see, oh, now I can see why, why that community or why you are here and that you know I wouldn't be here as long if the GA wasn't as good you know if you didn't have as many friends yeah. uh, you know there's no way you'd be staying on so long in a country because you know it's such a you know same as yourself and and dude as well the GA be a massive part of our lives and yes. if it's not there you know you wouldn't be long about that's the one thing you'd miss most from home is, yeah. is playing with your club and stuff like that yeah it's a huge huge community thing it's no more than like you know Duro or in Tullamore or someone or Rosemont take it on like St. Joseph's in Streamstead or someone like there's that you know local yeah. feel to it as well kind of um, which is it's come across a lot for me I didn't realise it was I knew it was strong enough from travelling but I didn't realise how strong it was until like some of the clubs came on and like the rivalry is nearly like Dublin versus Kerry kind of intensity like you know on the pitch they'd yeah. bait the shit out of each other and then often like you know <laughs> best of friends so oh uh, we know yeah, <laughs> who would be, who's your kind of rivals then? I suppose have you got like a, is a club scene in Thailand, or is it just Thailand GA, and then you wait for the games and the tours? Or yeah, it's just kind of us for now, and we, yeah. we you know to to kind of keep things ticking over. We play the Aussie Rules clubs here sometimes, yeah. and uh, we mix with that. But we rely on tournaments, and that's why with COVID, international travel is is off the cards, and that's been yeah. a killer. You yeah. know, we ha we haven't had any real tournament since 2019 November 2019 we played the Asian Games in Kuala Lumpur and then there was no Asian Games last year there'd usually yeah. be a South Asian Games in May and that was called out we managed to get away to Manila 
nice. last and played a, a tournament over there. But there, there was, you know, football was nearly a distraction from the drinking that went on that weekend. I think it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's always raining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did it? Did it actually? Was the weather any good in Manila? Because I know when I landed there, it was like, oh Jesus Christ! The, the war was coming into the airport, oh, like. <laughs> uh, we were blessed. We were blessed. The time yeah. we were there it was. It was. I suppose it depends. You know, we went at the time of the year that we knew it'd be. It'd be a good thing. But they, yeah. that was kind of a, a one-off. Just they invited us over to play, so it was less kind of serious. But when it comes to like the South Asian games, and the Asian games, if you're playing senior, you know you'll treat it with respect, and you want to. Yeah. You know, you're. You want to be prepared, and you want to train well, and you want to eat, and and you know get everything right coming up to it because it's only a one-day tournament. The Asian Games is a two-day tournament. They're only twice a year, and you know you want to try your best and do it right. And we were lucky; we had a bit of success in the South Asian Games. We won two in a row in 2017 and right. 2018, uh, or no, 2016 and 17. And yeah, it was it was it's nice to get some success because this is kind of a smaller club when you're playing against Singapore yeah. and these ones. The smaller tournaments are a bit. You know, not an easier target, but there it was a massive step for Thailand. They hadn't won a senior tournament before, uh, mm. you know, and but the, but the women have made huge strides as well. They were in the the last South Asian Games we played. They got to the final as well and lost oh. to to Orang Era from Malaysia, the Kuala Lumpur yeah. based team. So, yeah. uh, and once again, there would have been only less, you know, less than half of the team was Irish. There might be only three or four Irish on the oh. team out of their panel of twelve. Yeah. Jesus, that's that's um, pretty impressive, it, like, isn't it? Twenty. Yeah, very impressive. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting, honestly. Like when I, when I Thailand, I was like, okay, I know, dude, I know, I know, Nile. I've, I've, you know, I've read about it and all that. But I was like, I don't expect. Uh, like, even there's there's a little quick fire round at the end where it's like, you know, 50-50 stupid questions between Ireland and Thailand, your choices. And normally there's like, you know, famous famous Thai people versus famous Irish people. I was like. This book is famous in Thailand, like you know, sports stars. <laughs> why they're not exactly like, not like you know, the Lionel Messi of Thailand is an easy person to come across. So, like, yeah, it's, uh, oh. it's mad that there is so many Thai on, on your team. I think that's absolutely, uh, it's absolutely savage. But, uh, dude, I have to ask, I suppose, since yeah. you mentioned the social side of things, what's the is there an Irish pub that you've got on board sponsoring and all that? Or, uh, yeah, we have two, we have Shenanigans and O'Shea's, our right names, our two main sponsors. <laughs> so, they're both, um, kind of other sides of the city but um, yeah. they, they're huge sponsors for us and they're great venues you know you could go in and you could meet anyone from any part of the world but they have they show every type of sports game um they're big you know and if yeah. like in a lockdown such as such as this you could sit and snake a pint upstairs you know <laughs> out of the way uh this is going out in ireland so if it goes out in thailand we're good <laughs> but, um, it'll be months away it's fine it's a good few months it'll be fine <laughs> But no, they're, they're, they're mighty. And like the people that run them are just, they're incredible and they, they do a lot for the club. But um, there has been other ones in the past. Huh? Yeah, the well, you team. can link it up yourself from your phone or your own account. But um, they show everything. Like there's a lot of Celtic supporters go there. That's their support. Uh, that's their okay. club or pub to drink it and stuff. So um, there has been other ones down through the years that I, I hear when we're when we're out drinking, but I've never been. So Niall is no more more of those than... <laughs> I wouldn't go to the pub too often. <laughs> no, we're not long over. Uh, we've had we've yeah. had some that have you know changed ownership over the year, and it yeah. depends on who who's running the pubs and who uh, they're interested in GA because you know you know yourself around the world. There's Irish pubs, and then there's Irish yeah. pubs who are pretending to be Irish for, yeah. because the, you know they'll sell a few drinks. Yeah. But these are 
these are genuine interested in sport or interested in supporting the GA. And I think they also value what we bring to them because, you know, if we can have a, a quiz night or we have a, you know, an awards night and we have it in their pub or we offer our members, you know, a discount at their pub, it brings a huge amount of people in and, you know, a huge amount of their friends as well. They're proper pubs as well, you know, they'll, they're yeah, you know, good yeah. places that you'll want to go on a, on a Saturday night and you can actually get a, a decent pint of Guinness if, <laughs> if that's what you're after and you know you'll get your fry yeah. up for the cure the next morning and all those <laughs> things you know but they, they do make a difference when you're at home I remember when I landed first here and Jared Agnew my friend from Leitrim who was kind of responsible for me coming here and he goes we went out the first weekend when you land the worst thing you can do when you're jet lagged <laughs> and you're supposed to be starting your induction for teaching on the Monday morning but out till all hours and he rings me the next morning he goes he goes do you want a full Irish he goes are you looking for a full Irish fry up or do you want to go for Sunday roast and I was like are you joking you know and he was like this is 100% not a joke I need, <laughs> I need your answer in the next 10 minutes because I'm coming to pick you up so off we went you know you'll miss some things about home but there's very little you can't get out here and even yeah you know, the supermarkets and stuff, you'll see the Irish products and sometimes you see, you know, yeah. Villa Market is a, an expat supermarket here and they, hey. they sell like Cadbury snack bars and they sell like, you know, at the odd time you see Tato Crisps yeah. in one of the supermarkets and things like that. Um, nice. So, yeah, there's not much you can't get, but I suppose there's nothing really like being home to be surrounded by family and stuff like that. With COVID, we, yeah. none of us have really been home. The, the last time people have yeah. been home was say Christmas before last, and that's you know a huge almost two years. Wow. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And do you get to do? Do you get to keep up then with Rosemount and how things are going back home? Yeah, uh, yeah. So Andy is is still in the mix there, but like I would have had planned I, I wanted to go home last summer to play but that was kind of put to one side with COVID yeah. and um, Ian Bradley is the, the manager now from, he's from oh, Russia Bridge, so I'm in contact with him my brother's quite a bit yeah. <laughs> he's so, my brother's manager until last contact, season yeah. was he? yep <laughs> um, see I, I didn't know him until he took over the Rosemont job and then he rang and he was kind of sussing me out now he, he's not putting on any pressure to be home but yeah I had planned on, on getting home this summer for, for a couple of weeks, but it's just it's so hard to know now what, what you're able to do. And I think it's it's more easy to go back to Ireland, but coming back into Thailand, there's a lot more restrictions now with, with quarantine. Yeah. And you have to buy a certain type of insurance up until your next visa extension and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's, I'd still love to get home for the summer for, for a couple of weeks, but I, like, I think it's, it's not looking likely at the moment, but... Like he's not putting too much pressure. Yeah, you're watching Boy do just take lads in his back pocket, are you? Yeah, yeah. Um, he still has my cousin somewhere enough. in his back pocket. My cousin is uh, Darren Orange. <laughs> he plays at Longford, and we slag my cousin all the time. I said the last time Longford played Westmead, said, "Have you got out of Boy back pocket yet, or when are you coming out?" <laughs> I tell you, he's a fairly big pocket now. He's gathering a good few <laughs> inter-county footballers. He is. Yeah. Uh, no, he's he's quality, and like he's very professional the way he organises himself and just the transition from like his first game I'll never forget it he was under eights and he came down and I was standing on the sideline watching him and he was watching soccer his whole life you know yeah. he wasn't able to speak English but like we were so welcoming in Rosemount and we chucked him in but like I would have had to seen him at school but I wouldn't have known like the background story yeah. but I think they were playing moat and discussing got the ball but boy do came and just like flew through the air and took him clean out with a slide tackle 
So he was so used to watching soccer and he absolutely flipped this gospel. But like the whole place stopped. They were like, what's going on here? Does he not know how to play? <laughs> and then a couple of years later, he's like waltzing up. Crow Park, you know, he's, nah, he's another freak too. He's just, he's outrageous. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Is, um, has Ian Bradley got any uh, inside tips for Rosemount that I can pass on to the Roger Bridge lads just while you're mentioning it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm to get shot next time he goes home. Yeah, I know you're Bradley's tactical masterclass inside out now after watching him with Roger Bridge since my brother started years ago. So, uh, yeah, that would be an interesting battle if he came up against Roger Bridge at some stage. I'd love to see that one yeah, happen. Well, so. uh, I hopefully he can bring bring something fresh to the table. So, um, he seems very professional. I have to say, I was very impressed when I was talking is, to him on the yeah. phone and stuff. Um, but, uh, no, he's lovely. And like, like I said, he wasn't putting any pressure on, but he was... You know, putting the feelers out for jobs and stuff at home. Like, I kind of knew myself that I wouldn't be going home permanently this yeah. year, but I didn't necessarily let on. But he, he had made contact with other people that were saying, yeah, look, we can give him an interview and stuff. So mm. I had to tell him then that I'm probably here for another year or, or so. But like, just a top guy from a couple of conversations I had with him. Now, he sent on a couple of running programs that near <laughs> Kilty, but... Uh, He'll, he'd do no, that apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but laugh about it then. Um. So he seemed to bring in a good, like, there's Rosemont lads there as well that know, know the club, but uh, he, he'd know Rosemont in and out now, I'd say, after watching us down throughout the years. Yeah, if you're not married yet either as well, by the way, his wife owns a good uh, jewellery shop here in town, so, you know, you have to get the <laughs> to get the discount and the fact he's a guard as well. I'm sure there's a guard discount in there as well. So, yeah, you'll have to, that's, you'll have that's to make sure. Niall. Niall's not too far away from Buckland now, so he'll he'll oh, you a guard there, Niall, when you get no, home. Niall is a dodgy knee, have is you? There? <laughs> dudes, must, dudes must be under a bit of pressure too as well let's say I do uh, Niall do you get to follow uh, follow Doro when you're out there then or yeah I mean you don't miss a whole lot now with the kind of social media and everything I mean, you yeah. can follow every every Doro match you know they, they tweet the scores and you nearly follow every score and you know it's about last year with some of the club matches, you could watch them with a, I suppose one good thing that came out of COVID was that you could watch games, people, you know, county started streaming yeah. club games, which yeah. is huge when, when supporters couldn't go. And now that facility still seems to be there, even if supporters, hopefully they'll keep that up, especially yeah. the ones where it's easier to do in O'Connor Park and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, sometimes, you know, I'd be talking to my father and I'd be like, oh, I see that such a thing happened or the, they won the minor by four points. And he'd be nearly like, how do you like, how do you know that before <laughs> <Yeah>. me? <laughs> you're, you're living on a different planet to him. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah, with that kind of way, you don't miss too much of what's going on. But I suppose you miss being part of it. Like, dude, I wanted to get home last yeah. summer uh, and play football, but COVID had other plans. You know, it just wasn't a runner. You know, we'd only five or six weeks summer holidays here. And mm. you would have had to spend a few of those in quarantine if yeah. you could yeah. get a flight. You know, every, with the borders, when they shut down initially, you couldn't even get flights out uh, or in. And they had, you know, people who were, got people who did leave to kind of go home for family emergencies took them a long time to get back in so yeah you massively miss being part of the club like yeah. I played with the county for a couple of years but you miss yeah. the club more because they're the lads you know since you're yeah. a kid and they're the lads that you train with most often and the, the ones that you play with and you know you're regularly playing with and to kind of miss out on that and especially you know when they're doing so well and you've kind of the years kind of fly past 
and you realize god you you know you'd love to get back for some of that so mm. yeah you, you kind of you keep up with everything but you're not directly involved and it's strange as you know a dude will tell you the same i'd say when you're looking on at Dorough playing or Rosemont playing and you're you haven't been involved at all you know it's a strange place to be you know especially in 2017 the year that they met Bridge when they won the county title that time you know I hadn't been involved at all that summer I'd gone away to the Lions Tour in New Zealand uh, nice. and, and for the summer holidays so I didn't go home yeah but you, you miss out and and you know something big happening and you're following a match on Twitter and it's just a bit strange to be so mm. disconnected but you know you'd love to still get involved when you go home or hopefully you know play and and then see if you can get the Dora jersey on again because you know I'd still love to do that yeah and do you remember while you're talking <clears throat> talking to the club do you remember your debut for Thailand uh yeah we went to Malaysia in I was here about a month and we went to uh Malaysia they had us over uh for just a, a tournament against them but you know like that those invitational ones tend to be a bit more about getting two clubs together and having a bit yeah. of crack and it also you know it doubled up as our kind of club captain at the time Michael Neary was his stag party so <laughs> we we played a match on the Saturday and then sure we <laughs> we went straight after it was actually Dublin we were playing Mayo he was the Mayo man and okay. that was the the replay of the All-Ireland final oh, yeah. was on and so it was on the Saturday night as well. So we had that and we, you know, a great weekend. Maybe not if you were from Mayo, but uh, yeah, that was my first match. And I suppose the lads are like, because the, the Malaysian team at the time were kind of had lost some of their best players and we didn't know what sort of team. There's a lot of older lads out and great, great club that they are and great friends of ours in Thailand. But the lads were like to me and some of the other lads were like, take it handy here because... We don't, we're going to be playing these in the Asian Games in November, you know, and they're, yeah. they're kind of like, don't show your full hand, but sure, we yeah. kind of went out full throttle and we <laughs> we kind of buried the match by, I think we played quarters by the quarter time, it was nearly all over, like so much for not showing your full hand. <laughs> uh, but uh, what, yeah, I remember. What sort of position would you play then? I know if it's nine or 11 aside, is it positional? As such? Yeah, yeah. Uh, midfielder and the forwards, it's still very, you know, you'd still have your key positions of, hmm. uh, you know, it's three backs, two midfield and three forwards. Yeah. But, you know, myself and dude would kind of rotate in and out between midfield and forwards. Uh, there's another, you know, there's, we'd kind of try and switch that up because it's, there's a lot of tactics in it. You can, depends on the team you're playing against, whether you're trying to run it up through the middle or whether you're trying to put that long ball, you know, we're both quite tall and you play against some teams where that is a massive advantage. But it's you know it's you can't just kick it away. The possession is so valuable in in nine aside. If you give it away, you mightn't get back for a few minutes. With the way teams can kind of pass it over and back until it mm. opens. So yeah, sometimes can be frustrating uh, when you're in the when you're in the wrong side of that and you're chasing tail a bit because <laughs> yeah. oh, I suppose where we've kind of slipped in in some of the tournaments is not having we've had a good solid team, but you know having. 12 lads who have played football all their lives uh, it makes a big difference yeah. to if you've you know seven or eight and then other lads who've kind of come from other sport or haven't played GA because a lot of people will, will just join the GA in, in these countries just for a community you know and they mightn't have played since they were in school if they played at all so yeah, if we could kind of pick up a few players or do like some clubs do really well with youth coaching and they've managed mm. to get like from the GA yeah. games development officer over and sure if you can get that yeah. combined with someone who's good at football 
Yeah, plays for you as well. That's it's a massive thing. Yes. But yeah, we, we could do it if so at times we could do it a few more footballers and a few less drinkers, which is plenty of lads who can do both. Yeah. Jewel stars. Yeah, jewel stars, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember your uh for the for the Thailand lads? I do. It was the Asian Gaelic game on Saturday yeah. and I thought I if there was a bus to Rosemont, I'd be on it the next morning. I was like, get me out of here. I was so sore and I was just oh but um our first game was against Beijing, I think it could have been, and oh, yeah. like thinking only three or four weeks ago, my last game was actually a semi-final with Castletown, and like you'd be the height of your fitness for that yeah. year, do you know, and uh, would have looked after myself relatively well when we got here for the three weeks or a little bit longer, and during the first game, I just couldn't believe the standard, I was thinking, yeah. I, after codding myself here, I don't know what I was thinking for the last couple of hours, and then but like Niall said, that long ball in, it's very hard to get it right because there's just so many tactics and variables against different teams. So if you do leave one lad up front, say that day it was me, if it's a long ball in for Niall or whoever else, it's a long run from that ball in to help a lad out and a lot can go wrong in the space for a few <laughs> seconds. But the standard is, is quite good. And like Niall said, if you had just a couple more Irish lads who just maybe composure and stuff on the ball or who are just a bit more streetwise when it comes to GA and Gaelic mm-hmm. games it's uh it does go a long way um but then the lads that we do have that you know wouldn't have played Gaelic their entire lives are doing Trojan work for us you know mm-hmm. like you couldn't fault them but like the panel we have is, is great for the small numbers that we do have in Bangkok like you'd be competing fairly well um yeah. but I just think it's going from strength to strength Asian games like the comparison between my first year and, and the KL like the standard went up again, which I didn't think it could, you know. Um, but it, it really did. And like you do have to mind yourself. Me and Niall are only talking here recently, but there's nothing going on. There's no tournaments around, yeah. you know. So you kind of <laughs> you don't mind eating that pizza or yeah. having those few bites. Or, um, but like if you had something to aim for, if the Gaelic Games is coming up in like a month or two months, you would you'd slack off big time on on the social side of things. And because like competitive by nature and at home. You, you know although winning is not everything you do like to win but um, yeah. you try and get yourselves right but like the likes of Singapore and those lads are they do have a big community and like they're all either physios or something you know so they don't yeah. they don't need the pizza as as other lads <laughs> <laughs> no but um, <laughs> no so that that's that was my memory of my my first oh, debut yes. with the boys uh, the growth in Thailand is is massive as well you know for us even to be talking about you know, being disappointed when we're not competing at senior, mm. you know, which we are, you know, at the last one, it was very yeah. disappointing for us because every other time, you know, we've been competing against the best teams. You've had some good wins, had, you know, a couple of losses, but you're still getting to a semi-final of the senior. Um, but to go from, to be there compared to, I think when it started, it was just uh, JC, John Campbell from Derry. You know, he put his own time and sometimes money into it just to kind of keep the club going and when it started you know it was him and you know a good few Americans very few Irish and just to get it off the ground and you know it very nearly fell flat after a couple of years kind of probably him questioning himself why am I putting so much into yeah. this um, yeah, yeah. but he did you know and he's still hugely involved like he's just recently stepped down as as chairman but he's vice chairman and he's still involved you know he's got family commitments and work mm. commitments so he can't commit as much as he used to but you know the club wouldn't exist without the likes of him and to go yeah. from those very very small beginnings to be competing at 
senior football, yeah. you know, winning senior hurling Asian games and getting to the final of the last hurling Asian games uh, to be competing so well in the in the women's and the women's teams really kind of kept the club going when it started first because you know the, the, there was more numbers and they were kind of getting some success and it was a long time before success came in the men so you know it's about building it up the next step for us is to kind of develop underage and it still hasn't really happened yet you know we just kind of need to get someone into you know we're both teachers but we're in a very small school that doesn't really you know sport isn't high on the agenda for okay, our school yeah. it's very small you know we don't have the facilities for it either and to get into someone within the club has to commit a lot of time to that kind of thing um and you know it is time and that's your most valuable thing yeah. that anyone has is their time and you know i was just recently watching the the ballymun kickums there's a documentary about oh, yeah. paddy christie and the ballymun yeah. kickums and you know he committed all his time to that and you know it, but there was a lot of years before they saw success so mm. you know we we kind of need to up our game compared to some of the other clubs and that now and get young people starting to play even in, you know, the, the Tigers here, the Aussie Rules team, we both play for them and they have a great programme. They kind of go into an underdeveloped area in Tlong Toy in Bangkok. They take the young lads out every Saturday, but they also help out with giving them English lessons. They give okay. them food, they got them gear and all that kind of stuff. And it gives scholarships to school and you stuff know, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah massive great. things really for, for people who don't have privilege, you know, yeah. to get them on a team and to bring that kind of thing in through sports is a class way of doing it so if we can kind of you know that's next on our radar for as the club here is to get that off the ground because uh you know if you want to not just compete but also just the future for the club you know as dude said it's great to win stuff but you know the club means so much more to than that mm. out here and especially when you're abroad having that kind of slice of home and have that community and a group of friends around you you know you'll never yeah. be stuck for you know or you know we've seen it here something bad happens to people the club are always there to help you know or people need help you know we're very supportive and if people have got you know we, we've supported people who have had bad injuries or stuff like that or people who have got themselves in some sort of trouble or we try and look after our own as best as we can so yeah if we can kind of build up for the future of the club with, with young people playing that's going yeah. to be a big help I won't ask what kind of trouble the two E have caused I'll, I'll leave that first <laughs> Separate, separate podcast. No, none, the, none, the, none the cost the club any money, maybe just a few nights sleep. It's yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I, uh, well, you mentioned Dublin actually, it popped into my head there, dude. You would have been under Paul Beeland then, is that right? Yeah. Um, what was that like? So that was probably, yeah, it was it was good. It was like baptism of fire. So the year before that, um, maybe the two years before that, I was in with Pat Flanagan. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I was in sixth year, first year of college, and then my second year in college was Paul Beelan's was Paul Beelan's time. Now he didn't mm. didn't last yeah. too long. He didn't set the world yeah. alight or anything. But um, <laughs> we it was it was tough enough for him. Now I have to say, we we're Division One in the league. Mm. You know, it was all we're off to a, a tough start there straight away. But um, that was that was very rough. Our first game was in Cork, and oh, we got beaten by six or seven points and the next game was against Dublin and the next game was against Mayo. Now we had a couple of home home matches in, in Cusie Park but it didn't necessarily matter you know we were yeah. well beaten in, in nearly all accounts but um, yeah there was Paul Beelan's one in one in a hundred year in Mullingar but yeah were you the were you the, the jawbreak incident against Armagh is that what am I yeah that was the, oh, yeah. the 
I don't know why so this we played I remember that. Yeah, there was two of you. Yeah, it was injured. me. You and someone me. else got badly injured um, that season. I can't remember who uh, the other who was. Else? Alan um, Coffey hurt himself, but he was also Alan, Alan Giles. Alan Giles. Alan so Giles, he yeah. tore his hamstring nearly yeah. off the bone the, yeah. the year before. So before, uh, against okay. Cork in that first game below yeah. Parky Rin. But um, yeah, so we had lost to Loud in the first round in, in Mullingar. Uh, <laughs> a game that we had thought that we were yep. going to win. <laughs> and we had a game booked against Armad the following Saturday in Mullingar, kind of behind closed doors as a yeah. challenge uh, for round two of Leinster. But uh, yeah. yeah, we were off to a flying start. Like we were. Morale was quite low after being beaten the week mm. before, but like personally, I was having a good enough first 15 minutes, but the lad I was marking thought otherwise and went up for a ball. He absolutely poleaxed me. Like he just yeah. came across and nose went, but it was my eye socket as well, my nose and, and my eye socket. So uh, I remember being on my knees and, and blood just gushing out, but our, our physio at the time, Chris Coombs, came out and was like on hands and knees beside me. He was like, it's not too bad. And I was like, are you sure? This is a lot of blood, Chris. Yeah. And like, bit of a melee broke out then while I was on the ground but Chris was like we'll get you off the pitch here so I was kind of comforted in the fact that Chris said it's not it's not too bad and I got into the dugout then and Kieran Gavin was like holy Jesus dude what the fuck <laughs> and I was like looked at Chris I was like what the Chris and then I was walking down uh, <laughs> down the, the lane down to the dressing room I was going straight to the hospital and um your man Hanley was over the hurlers. Uh, oh, yeah. At the start of the year, he, he was asking to play with the hurlers. And, like, I was walking. I could hardly see. My eyes were watered. There was blood everywhere. And he came up, and he was like, Jesus, David, are you all right? And I said, I, I don't know. I didn't have a, even a mirror to look in. And he said, you might be ruled out of football now. You could still play hurling. You could stick a helmet on. So <laughs> this is June. I was thinking, fuck, I can't. I, football, I was coming to terms and not been playing football for the rest of the summer. But, yeah, yeah I went to to Tullamore and then they sent me straight to James and so I was operated on the following morning and uh, two steel rods and that was it that was it for a couple of weeks so you know who it was who hit you uh, I don't but uh, David Duffy does because he hopped off <laughs> straight away <laughs> he started <laughs> he started the whole league but yeah it was a bit ridiculous having that game could have been easily called off you know but I suppose we were trying to, to build momentum again and, and get us back in winning ways for mm. for the for the knockout or for the back door, but it just it didn't yeah. happen. I think we played Cav and then two weeks later we were beaten and, and that was the summer over. So mm. no, um, I just I always remember I when I heard the name, um I remember some of the lads saying to me, geez, it was an awful battering in that game. Like word kind of spread that something yeah. happened. And then eventually I think it was your yeah. name that came out. So no need for it to go on a challenge game, but like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, shorten my day yeah. surely anyway. But um yeah, yeah, there's no need for it, but your luck, these yeah, things yeah. happen. Yeah, these things happen. Yeah, well, it wasn't too bad. At least Chris Coombs said it wasn't too bad. That's the main thing. So, yeah, well, he wouldn't be known for telling the truth anyway, Chris. But, okay. <laughs> well, after about um, fight a fight of it, I'd, I'd uh, get someone to say that to him, just let him know he's, he's not telling the truth. Well, so. he's, he's a physio on Tullamore, he's like, and he's a lecturer in, in AIT now, so he's oh, um, right. no, he's well equipped, he's Welsh. Um, okay. But he moved over here a couple of years ago. But no, he's a serious operator as, as a physio now. But yeah. um, great crack to out and about and socialising. Those he's Welsh lads. Pint and Paddy Rhymes. Yeah, those Welsh, <laughs> uh, Welsh rugby lads don't like giving much away. So, <laughs> you know, you know what they're like. Yeah. Is there a, yeah. at your club then, is there, because I ask every club this, there's a, a few kind of these kind of questions that I ask at the end. But is there a stereotypical Irish lunatic that every club has that is 
likely to go and get sent off or cause some sort of chaos. Most clubs have straight out just kind of gone, yeah, here's here's a list of people that we want to have a go at you. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably pointing at each other right there. first. Yeah, well, <laughs> fair amount. Of, I've had a Apache disciplinary record in Asia. To okay. say the least, you know, I hadn't, you know, I, I, things like that didn't really happen to me at home. But I suppose I've lost the cool a couple of times here, which happened. And uh, <laughs> if someone asked you in the club who that was going to be, I better put the hand up and say it was me. But okay, it's yeah. it's mainly been in in Ireland, to be honest. I've kind of. We've ended up playing the hurling tournaments, and you know maybe the football hasn't gone well, and I've I've yeah. took it out on the the hurling pitch with some poor unwitting fella. That, you know I I play, I'd say I've played more hurling the last few years in Asia than I have in the five years before that because I you know I played a bit of hurling with Balnamere here and would have always played underage, but football would have came first, uh, rugby would have been second for a long time, and hurling I played a little bit. You know I won a junior with. And the mirror, and but only played very occasionally, and and wouldn't be known as a hurler at all. But like that out here, it's because it's seven aside. So if you're kind of athletic at all, and you can hurl, you'll make a difference out here. But mm. I could be the hothead you're looking for in that question. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to point the finger anywhere else. Yeah, we've we've no shortage of lunatics <laughs> for the off field department anyway. I think we need a few. Someone said to me years ago about about Waterford and. They were talking about like how every team needs, you know, a couple of lunatics, but then they need yeah. teachers and doctors and these able kind of characters to kind of keep the team all together. But he said that Waterford Hurling team just had all lunatics. Uh, and that's <laughs> why they never, call, yeah. That, yeah, exactly. That's why they never really promised to win as much as they promised. But yeah, we have absolutely <laughs> no shortage of mad lads okay. who kind of do their best, <laughs> give their best performances off the pitch. Uh, yeah. I don't know if we want to name names, but. I don't have to scrum. I'll, uh, I'll just tick yeah. you off. Tick, tick you off. And I'll guarantee you can tick me off. The, yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Do you have a? Could have given you a shorter answer. I could have just said my name there and left it at that. I don't know. We we, we want the info as well. You know yourself. Uh, have you got a club uh, karaoke song in a night out? That's oh, we do. We crack them ones from different clubs. So it it just tends to be his. <laughs> it just it was his party piece. Uh, he sings that Ronan Keating. You say it best. Oh, you, you say nothing at all. <laughs> But every yeah. kind of club outing we have, this comes on and the whole club just takes... It's it kind of started the it's South great. Asian Games in, in Hanoi and we had 50 of us in a pub on the Sunday, the day after, and yeah. all, all belting out this song after drinking oh, for the day. And now it's become a bit of an anthem for us. Okay. We, you hear the glass and the spoon. Anytime you're out, you hear the glass and the spoon. You just know Jura's up on a stool somewhere hushing everyone to get this thing going. <laughs> Because we were in Manila that time, Niall, after we, we played Manila, that they, they were like presenting us with the trophy or whatever. And Ger just took off singing, and there was no need for it at all. The Manila lads were like, Jesus, right, that's their national anthem. It's a bit strange, but <laughs> sang the whole thing right until the end. You know, it wasn't just the first chorus and verse, wow. it was just from start to finish. But um, found having to learn the words as soon as I got here, I was like, I actually don't know the entire song. So I had to start learning these for. That's, out, that's dedication and commitment now you can't uh, <laughs> you can't argue with that, with that man now in fairness to him so uh, no. I should probably ask you as well I suppose you could probably answer this for your own club or county or for Thailand um, Niall the toughest team you've ever faced in your life oh um, kind of lucky enough to play against a lot of good teams yeah. you know we I suppose when we went when Dora won it in 2017 I was away and in 2018 
we, you know, a bit of a, I suppose it was a stepping stone for a lot of lads when we, we got mm. to play senior and we played against Road and Road just like, completely annihilated us. And I, I don't know if maybe Dora that year hadn't given the commitment that they had the year previous. And with a dual club, it's very hard to ask yeah. because there's a lot of players who maybe prefer Hurling as well. And you can't blame people for that. You know, that's their mm. first sport. I'd say the toughest, I remember in the Leinster, <laughs> in minor, we we got to the final and we we played Mead in the final and, and Shane O'Rourke was playing for Mead and a few others and they were just mm-hmm. an exceptional minor team. They, they didn't uh, Russ Common won the minor that year, but you know that was probably the the toughest okay. uh, at that stage where you go, geez, this team are we really underperformed on the day, but they you know they just kicked some scores in that day that'd be dream stuff. Okay, I don't yeah, accept any any Mead team yeah, this so. No, I've. You know, I've come across a lot of good teams where you end up on the wrong side of the results. Yeah. You're, you know, I'm bre- you're breaking down all the heartbreak I've had over the years there, just that it- Yeah. <laughs> That's a therapy session, you know, just, just nice to get it out, you know. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe I get it off my chest and I'll feel a bit better. But yeah, yeah. We've lo- I've lost plenty of finals over the years. It's hard to pick up one out of the, the hurt yeah. locker. That's fair enough, yes. And dude, what about you? <laughs> um, Christ, I don't know. Well, overall, I played... Tyrone up in Oma was was a an experience that I remember. Okay. Christ, yeah, very fondly I thought at the first five minutes I caught the draw, but I was chasing <laughs> Colin Kavanagh for the next thirty minutes, and then I was subbed at half time. So, <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> um, but club like it's very hard to look past St. Norman's, um, like with Hess and and Sherry. Yeah. So say like three years ago before before Paul went to, um. Dubai, but Dubai, like yeah. they're still a force to be reckoned with. They're still producing uh, yeah. lads there, but like those three or four years ago, Lomans are just they were incredible. Do you know, like mm. it's nearly now they have a lot of very talented forwards, but like just who do you get to Mark Heston? Do you know? Um, yeah, he's just he's just he's just a fantastic footballer. He's just so strong, both feet, and you're just rotating backs on him constantly. Do you know? Like it's just. Yeah. Give that lad yeah. a break and put another lad in there for a few minutes. But yeah, I would say club wise, I'd say that uh, Lomans would be would yeah. be head and shoulders above that. And that's yeah, they've uh, they're even still producing players. I think Fola Fola got his um, debut against Mayo there last week. I think as well. So he came yeah, I seen him while. come on, did very yeah. well. Like and he's a yeah. unit too, isn't he? He's a big that, that catch in midfield. Nobody acknowledged it. Oh. He, like he was, it was like an AFL no. catch. <laughs> yeah, but the, who was doing analysis? Was it? Uh, I don't know. Brought it back and said like. We're just gonna to have to say that was a that was a great catch because he wasn't long on the pitch like yeah. you know, and then he he went a couple of strides up, but um, not that no, he's 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 a tank too. But like yeah. they have a lot of players. There's uh, Sam McCartan, I think I see also yeah. there is is another young lad. Yeah, I think he started last week, didn't he? But he's he's another big fella too. <laughs> so you know, you take that off. Yeah, like they're big on the screen for inter county. You know what they're going to be like yeah. when you go back to club level or in Cusick Park. Mm. <laughs> they're nearly twice as big. You know, yeah. But, uh, I think he's starting today oh, as well strong. against down with the obviously the, the big yeah. ones to stay up in some way against win, down. isn't it? Yeah, so I think yeah. Sam is starting. The boy do yesterday. Oh yeah, he's he's all set um, for him, I presume. He's all set. A boy do, I tell you, he's the coolest customer you're ever going to come across. Our intermediate final uh, was it twenty fifteen or sixteen, the year that we oh, won, yeah. and we went up senior. Yeah, for the first time in years. But boy do came fifteen minutes late. And without his football boots and kicked the winner as such, you know, like yeah, Ken, it was a draw game, and then I got a point by do got like 
he kicked that point. They weren't even his boots. You know, like, oh, it's just I'm not a care in the world. He strolled in and sat down and talked down and got man to match that day. You know, that's like yeah. that's the character you're dealing with. But uh, yeah, I'd love to get him no, on at some point just... as well. But I'd say he's probably fed up of uh, <laughs> RT having doing stuff. But he, he's been on Everton at this stage. I'd say he's probably bo- bored of talking to people at this stage. He just wants to probably. keep football. You might never yeah. hold out to say after all. I'm after telling him about you there now. But... <laughs> I'll bring him on. I'll just, I'll just have a list of questions to say, boy, may come on and defend himself. Yeah, boy, do yeah. what dude said about you now. Would you like to have it to come back against any of these? So? Yeah. Uh, well, I'd like to hear that as well because I'm sure there's a lot of dirt on dude. We'd like to, if you could broadcast that, we can make okay. sure it sells around the world. Okay, I'll, I'll have to have a look at that. Yet. No, I'll have to ask as well since you mentioned rugby is one of your sports. Anton sort of unleashed uh, an unusual one on the GA world when he said that he was considered for Leinster and only managerial issues, which awfully at the time stopped him from going to, with, I think, up to like play alongside Gervin Dempsey and then with Leinster. Do you, did you know anything about that or? I didn't know. I, I remember, I think I remember him playing with Eden Derry, all right, but he would have been a few years mm. below me, so we wouldn't have come across each other at underage. Um, but yeah, I played for years with Tullamore, but yeah, I, I was a bit, I wasn't surprised because he's such an athlete that he could fit in, even even if he wasn't the most natural rugby player. Yeah. You know, these academies are always looking for someone who has that raw talent that, you know, the rest of the rugby skills you can bring to it and you see, you know, uh, Anton, you know, it'd be strange to see if he kept that going and then pursued a career in rugby, what could have happened? Yeah. You know, but and I suppose you could say that about a lot of lads, you know, inter-county players. I mean, how many of them have, you know, got trials with soccer teams or, or played rugby? But, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to what lads love doing. And, you know, Anton, mm-hmm. co- coming from a club like Road, all you want to do is play for Road and play for Offaly. So yeah. I'm sure he would have had success in whatever sport he decided to turn his hand to the same as that lads. But yeah, it would have been interesting to see. You know, I think I said this to do before. It'd be nice to have two goals of things where you could yeah. decide, you know, from a young age, I'm going to pursue rugby for this young year. I'm going to pursue hurling and see how that could have turned out if you if you gave everything rather than putting it all in one pot. But yeah, he unfortunately, we only get one me, crack at uh, it. Yeah, he texted me a photo of uh, someone had, had doctored him into uh, the photo of the Leinster rugby team. And put his, head on, his head on someone, and I was like, "Oh, I'm yeah. so used to that." And he said, "No, no, you're not using it." And he deleted it straight away. He wouldn't have used it. So uh, you get away with very little. Yeah, I was saying. Yeah, I've I, seen I a few doctored photos of dude as well. Uh, you know, there's one where he kicked the ball and he jumped up real high, and then there turned out to be a whole series of of him jumping up on horses and jumping over the yeah, yeah. and... <laughs> Neil Kelly in our club, but he hasn't he hasn't played now in. in like a good few years another guy that's very relaxed but like I don't know whatever way I finished up when I take it free like you turn me sideways it looks like I'm on the back of a horse and he has me back <laughs> he's just like he's waiting for it but yeah uh, there's been six or seven that have been circulating now in groups and on Facebook and stuff love but it. he's a genius at Photoshop but like yeah. I said you don't get away with much now these days love it yeah that's class yeah uh, there's a couple of last <laughs> questions and then there's a few quick fire ones I'll ask you because I don't want to keep you all day but uh, it's, good, it's good cracker right have you done your homework either being introduced Thailand to Father Ted yeah oh we have yeah that's oh Christ good yeah that's good. Uh, even my girlfriend is tiny she's <laughs> well versed with some of the stuff in Father Ted there's even, there's a pub called Father Ted's down in Hua Hin which is a beach town oh, a couple of hours <laughs> yeah and they're uh, kind of a partner not really like when we go down, we often go down there for a weekend and we do a training kind of camp mm. in the, the hotel with a pitch and then we go in there for the Saturday and your Dave Long down there looks after us really well. So, yeah, but it's gas to have Father Ted's pub. 
That's brilliant. I was in Huayan actually. Yeah, um, I didn't. Uh, I that was a long time ago. Now it was over ten years ago. I'd say, but yeah, I didn't know there was a Father Ted pub. That's the second team now uh, in two days that has a Father Ted pub. I didn't. Go know. ahead. Yeah, um, might first, have existed yeah. back then. Yeah, the first time I walked into it, there was a pictures of uh, P. Egan's up, and they have like a fake. Oh yeah, fireplace. It's a TV. But me and my girlfriend sat down and. You know, I took a picture of her with her food and yeah, and her drink or whatever, and I like zoomed in on the background and I was like, "That's in Moat," and got <laughs> yes. talking to Dave Long then because I wasn't here long at the time. He didn't yeah. know I was a part of Thailand GA, but like it's just small world. He, he was like, That's he didn't nice. even know where it was from himself. He just <laughs> had it up there. He was like, "Oh, it is That's from Moat, is it? All right." Yeah. <laughs> I probably should have said to you actually. I, I never said to the star. My my mother's side are all McCormick's and Streamstown. Seamus is my uncle. You probably know him. I do. The referee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know him well. Mighty yeah. referee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, I, I always... Actually, we, we played yeah. Rosemount a few years ago All in right. a challenge when I I was home in 2018 and we played Rosemount. It was my... I was only, say, nearly off the plane and, of course, the first thing lads wanted to do is, you know, we'd go for a few pints and I was like, well, we're playing a match tomorrow. He's like, it's only a challenge match. So we turned up to play Rosemount on the Sunday morning, but Seamus was refing, and you know I, I know Seamus well because my father trained St Joseph's, and I think I don't know whether Seamus was just on the committee or if he was part of the selectors, but they they won it. I think that was twenty fourteen. Um, but yeah, fierce nice man, but uh, yeah. you know he kind he's always you know he he's take he's kind of a no nonsense ref. He's not going to be yeah. sprinting up and down the length of the field no. now, but he's uh. No, but he's a fierce, nice fella, and you know, a huge GA man. Yeah, I, I, uh, I often say it. To, I've never said it, to Seamus, but I say it to other people. I was like, I do yard duty in school the same way my uncle referees, which is between the two six. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> you know, just between the two yards, I can see everything either side. I might go my way. I do what my uncle does, just you know, curly, curly finger, like you know, and just point to where I need everyone to go. So yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, good thing you know, all right. Anyway, yeah, uh, he claims but, that. Uh, I don't know. Some of the freeze now is like you couldn't see it if you were beside it. Never mind if you were that far away. But Seamus must have better eyesight than anyone who asked me if he's able to do it from that far away. I'll, I'll have to rig him after and just ask him. Yeah. Sometimes you think he didn't have any eyesight at all, and ahead of me taking off, you'd be like, Seamus, what's that happened here? He was like, David, let's slip now and let's carry on. But he's, he's a great friend of my father's now. You know, during the game, my dad would mm. just be shouting abuse at him just for the crack. Yeah. But Seamus would be tunnel vision. You know, he'd be watching yeah. the game. But he hear my owl lad shouting, Porig, will you shut the fuck up? Because <laughs> he's just shameless, like, come on, referee. And he'd be just sick of it. He'd be like, Rose under well known for yeah. getting stuck into the referees. But yeah, when he hears Porig, <laughs> you piped out. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, because uh, I was asking, I've asked a couple of you because uh, Barry Kelly uh, came on. Barry's my neighbor here. And uh, I was asking about Seamus yeah. as well. And Niall Ward was on with Barry and Bangy Gunning was on as well. Like, it was good old crack with the referees. Good old crack. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they, I was asking Seamus. Uh, thankless so. job. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, very hard to get people into referee, and I don't blame them because I'm yeah. sure I've given enough abuse over the years myself. Or you know, yeah, but, uh, I did soccer referee. You know, it's very hard to get people in for years. Um, I did it for a few years out in Athletic, and I was like, I'm never doing this again. Fuck, fuck that! Like yeah. under ten <laughs> matches, and you get you're getting more abuse like off the parents than you would, you know, from honest to God. Yeah, yeah, I'm not bothered anymore. So, uh, the last I'll ask you, and there's a few quick fire questions, but uh, dude, I put you on the spot here slightly. But the best, greatest GA player ever in your lifetime, would you? Dear McConley. Okay, Dear McConley. Up a few times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably, probably no surprise there, I suppose. And Niall, what about you? Very tight there as well. I used to love Kieran McDonald just because his yeah. style of play, but as regards the best footballer, probably is Dear McConnelly as well. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. The Kieran McDonald's Cup a couple of times. Well, actually, I think it was Maraid and the girls who yeah. might pick the Kieran McDonald as well. So, uh, the quick fire questions then, these are as stupid as you get, but I just love asking them. They're a bit of crack. They kind of bring you a bit to- towards home as well. So, uh, Niall, you can choose between the uh, the Thailand Islands, Kofifi and all those, or the Aran Islands. Oh, I think I'll go oh. with the Thai Islands for the beach <laughs> and the crack there, or the hard bed. Good stuff, yeah. Uh, dude, what about you? Uh, the Thai Islands too. Yeah, okay. I have to say What's up? Uh, <laughs> Niall, this could be a very, very tough one now. Uh, the floating markets in Thailand or the Clara markets? Oh, have to shop local there. Clara markets. My girlfriend's in Clara. She doesn't live too far away from them. Okay. So I don't know what I need to say. You, yeah. you won't get a great deal on it. You won't get a great deal on a 20 kilo box of Daz pot washing powder in the floating markets here. That's going to be the tagline for the podcast. Thailand GA. Yeah, yeah. A good deal on Daz washing powder. In <laughs> or, a sto- <laughs> or a stolen generator. <laughs> that too, yeah. Dude, what do you go for sauce since uh, since a girlfriend is oh. from Tara around there? Um, Tara Marcus, I'll go for because fireworks, four rockets for 20 euros. <laughs> can't go wrong. <laughs> Brilliant. I love that one, yeah. Uh, you could go for Niall the, the temples in Thailand or uh, or a good mass down in Offaly. <laughs> is there not? Is there anything to be said for a good mass? <laughs> <laughs> I think if you go go for Offaly, so then yeah, I go for I'll go, I'll have to go for home there. Okay, and uh, dude, you've the Thai the Thai temples or what was it Saint Thomas? I think is in Rosemont, just the church. It's in Saint Rosemont. Thomas's church, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I'd have to say it, my mother's. <laughs> very religious woman but I've probably been to more temples than I have mass <laughs> in, the, in the last while so uh, I go mass at home yeah nothing like okay. a good sermon now oh, yeah. that's actually randomly I know it's off the point but um, I messaged the Myanmar uh, Kells team because I was in Myanmar a few years ago and they said most of their because of the, the fighting and the war and stuff up north the club was kind of disbanded yeah. and all the Irish left and a lot of them went to Thailand have any of them ended up with at the club? Uh, a no, few but of them Chiang Mai would be on the border there. there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just some of them have gone to Chiang Mai, but a few of them would kind of, even when they were working over there, the, their mm-hmm. bank accounts and stuff would have been in Thailand because it's just things yeah. are a lot stricter over there with, oh, with international yeah. travel. And some of them used to get paid in cash and then would lodge it in the bank or like would come to Bangkok or places mm-hmm. to, to kind of look after their money. But yeah, it's a very sticky situation there at the moment. Um, yeah. But yeah, they they had a good. They actually bet our lads. I think in the last the junior and the Asian games. Um, yeah, good to see small clubs like that doing well. But yeah, mm. I think a lot of them have left now at the moment, and it's it's not a yeah. nice situation to be having so close. No, it was kicking off when I was there, but it was the tour guide that we were with. He was soundest man, but he was from the north where it was all kicking off. But now it's it's spread into Yangon yeah. and all the all the places we were as well, which is an awful pity. Mm. But all, just came to me while I was thinking yeah, over shocking. there. Uh, said it asky, but uh. There's two questions left. Um, where will I go first? I go Nile. I go you. This actually no, dude. I'm gonna go you first. <laughs> you can choose between the the famous giant gold Buddha statue in Thailand or Alan Buddha Mangan. Alan Buddha Mangan, hands down, no question. <laughs> Brilliant. Love he it. talks more anyway than that Buddha in, in Phuket. I bet you. <laughs> uh, it was actually when we were talking about the West. Who was doing the analysis for the West Me game? It was actually Ashing O'Reilly who was doing the interviews, and it's him and Ashing doing the podcast now at yeah. the moment as well. So yeah, that's after yeah, reminding yeah. me. Niall, you can choose between the Great Buddha Mangan or or a giant Buddha in Thailand. <laughs> as an Ashley man, I may have to steer away from the West Me. Uh, but yeah. I know I know about it well too. He's uh he's the sound man I know from just being in, in school in Kilbegan and being when well, I went to school in Castledown as well. Yeah. So I'd know him and all the Castledown lads as well. 
but I'll stick with Thailand just to show my awfully allegiance yep. there. Good, yeah. And uh, the last one then, dude, you've uh, Westmead or Thailand? Uh, Westmead, uh, it's a cab straight too far from home, but yeah, Westmead. Re- re- reluctantly, I think Westmead, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Niall Offley or Thailand then? Yeah, I'll have to go Offley. I mean, I love it here. Uh, I had a great few years, but I suppose yeah. Offley's always going to be home. That's love it, yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, uh, <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> not too far from the border now, yourself. <laughs> and uh, the last couple of things, then uh, I tried to promote the GA club gear and stuff just to, you know, might sell a bit for people because obviously, you know, yourselves a bit home, people love a, a good random GA jersey. So can people get it on yeah. O'Neill's or where would you find your gear? Yeah, they would, of course. O'Neill's, yeah, uh, the, the jerseys on the site. Hey? But yeah. Uh, yeah, we've a lovely jersey sold really well actually. I think with O'Neill's and at the last tournament because you know it's it's just a black color. It's fairly you know a lot of people like this heat now. Let me tell you, about it. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, okay, yeah, so great to look at. Uh, pass it out, yeah, definitely pass it out. No, uh, there's a few jerseys I've come across all right that are quite nice. The the New South Wales one behind me there, they're celebrating yeah, 70 looks years. Lovely. I was so, looking um, at it there. Yeah, they're 70 years, and in the name, then they've got all the the clubs and all the previous people as well and then I was made an honorary member of some oh, nice. of a club I don't know if you played these boys before have you played a Suju Air Og from China <clears throat> uh, we haven't played them but we've seen them in, in the Asian games yeah uh, but there's so many teams and there's new teams forming all the time yeah. which is, is great you know yeah, they're, I think they're they were talking about in Phuket here became one of the next biggest cities really? for expats anyway and they were you know trying to get something going down there they've just going set up an Aussie Rules Club and there's a few Irish dads playing for that and I suppose the long term it'd be great to have yeah. someone to play that you didn't need to yeah. to travel for but yeah that's class yeah, so it, like that they, these clubs mainly start with one person who's the driving yeah. force you know the same as here one person who puts everything into it and, mm. and then to get it off the ground so until someone is that person and can get people going, it's probably not going to happen down there or anywhere. Yeah, that's fair yeah. enough. Yeah, that's a good sign. Uh, look forward to Phuket. Yeah, I'll have to keep an eye out for them in a few years. So, and uh, <laughs> is there a dude? Is there anyone you want to give a shout out to? I know this one's been out for a couple of months with all the all the clubs that are now involved, as opposed to the original seven. It's now at fifty three. So, um, is there anyone yeah. you want to give a shout out to when this is going out? Uh no, just most friends and family at home and and the Rosemont lads. Um, yeah. my father, Matt, and uh, any of my family or friends, any of the Dura lads, the Baldemir lads that are listening. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's yes. Look, uh, lads, it's big class having you on. I'm sorry I kept you so long, but it's just, it's just go crack on oh, your chat with people. Right? Great crack. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Thanks for uh, having uh, us. Not at all. Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll keep in touch with you on, uh, on the Instagram and I get, give me WhatsApp as well. If, yeah. um, if you wanted, if you have any photos of the club on or off the pitch, it doesn't matter. Just for the YouTube part, um, I'll put up the audio, but rather than just sticking up like okay. a nothing picture, I'd rather use pictures of the club and try and promote them a little bit. So class, for the next weeks good, and months, yeah. if, you, if you have any photos, I'm not in a rush for them now. It'll be over the summer I'll be doing it. So if you have any photos, send them on okay. on WhatsApp or whatever. I'll sort them from there. And uh, 
I'll keep in touch. I'll give you a shout when this is all going out. There's uh, a, a lot of a yeah. lot of hours you put into it. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm still I'm still a teacher Mighty. apparently as well. So, they've been doing a lot. They've been doing a lot of media literacy in Chapel Hill, have they? They have, yeah. They've been doing an awful lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, uh, they're big fans of the podcast apparently as well, which I've I told them they have to. But uh, you'd be on the list somewhere, oh, and uh, I'll let you know. Well where done, fair play. Yeah, sound. Yeah, good. best of luck. It's, it's a good yeah. what you've done there. You know, like you said. There's a lot of podcasts at the moment and there's no one really tapping into that international GA. So fair play yeah. for kind of taking it on yeah. because, you know, it promotes us and the GA around the world. And, you know, there is a lot going on everywhere to, to kind of get a bit yeah. of recognition or a bit of profile for that is very welcome. So on yeah. behalf of the club here, we're very thankful for having us on. No, no, no. What's your luck? It's you guys to make it. I just sit here and listen to you talk and have the crack and it's great and for me. So, yeah. For any teachers that want to come traveling, give <laughs> us a shout. <laughs> We, now, we could do yeah. that extra couple. We've of, come up with a good rec- people, recruitment like, process. Even actually. even if you're not football. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah, a good but recruitment especially process. Especially if you're good at <laughs> <laughs> myself, and, myself and the girls, I think, is the girls in Vietnam, uh, said there's a great recruitment process you can use, which is turn up to the airport uh, with a crate of beer and a football or a hurl and just exchange it for the, the going away ticket. And then, sure, they can't go there. So, <laughs> automatically, have new members, yeah. Get them to fill out a form at the airport and they'll be done. Yeah, that's that's a good recruitment. Seize process. their passport. Exactly, that's yeah, handy. yeah. Tell them you'll mind it, yeah. But, uh, lads, look, I'll let you go. And uh, thanks so much for giving up some of your Sunday. And uh, no hopefully when this goes out, Westmead or awfully, preferably Westmead, will have won the All-Ireland at that stage. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> And if not, I mean, if not, we'll, we'll get Dude McCorrow back in the midfield for Westmead and we'll be gone. So, but uh, lads, look, I'll chat you again soon. All right, mind yourselves. I'll keep in touch. Perfect. Awesome. Thank, thanks thanks, thanks for having yeah, Take it easy. Nice. Good luck. Sloan. Good luck. Mind yourselves. Bye, Jay. Bye. Bye-bye. Coming up the next day on the Loaf of Bread GA Global, we cut into our next slice. I say a big thank you to Niall and to Dude for bringing us through life in Thailand GEA. But coming up on Monday next on the Loaf of Bread GEA podcast, it's something a little different. Next Monday I will be chatting to a man who was part of a record-breaking TV quiz show audience when he made his debut on ITV recently. But this dub also has some links to the GA abroad in Canada and currently in the UK. Join me as I chat quizzes, GA and much much more with the amazing Dara Ennis, better known as The Menace, the newest chaser on the amazing ITV quiz show The Chase. There is even a special set of sporting quiz questions at the end, which have been made by kids from my school. Why them? I'll find out the whole story next Monday from 9am. I'll see you then. Find the podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on TikTok. Email loafofbreadpod at gmail.com or just simply hit the follow button and spread the word of the Loaf of Bread GA pod across the globe. Slonagy.